0: All right everyone, time for another edition of Holding Court here. There's just so much to digest in this uh Novak situation down under. I've been as you may be aware <clears throat> doing multiple media hits uh over the course of the last few days surrounding this topic everywhere from uh CNN to Good Morning America to Newsmax to Nightline uh you name it, probably a few more that I'm forgetting about. Uh where I've got to speak uh you know in a very uh sort of a short amount of time, sometimes two minutes, sometimes four or five minutes. It depends on the on the show and the time of day. So I thought I would just kind of take a deep breath here for tennis fans especially and for sports fans and sort of see where we are now on Monday, January tenth, which uh, would be uh, the middle of the night now down under in Australia, just a few hours after Djokovic won his appeal, was he was actually released from this sort of detention hotel that he was in uh, while the appeal was going on. He was allowed to leave and go watch it from the offices of his legal team that he had been able to hire in Australia. So he was holed up uh, for the hours that the uh, appeal process went on. So I was able to watch most of it. Uh, before I had to catch a couple of Z's, before I had to get up super early to do CNN uh, this morning, the Monday morning here in New York City, uh, so I was able to watch quite a bit of it uh, on the live stream with the judge, uh, the two sides. There was a side from on Novak Djokovic's side, which are three sort of older gentlemen from Australia, older white uh, males, uh, which is sort of an interesting contrast to the two uh, lawyers that were representing the government. One younger, actually two younger people, one a younger uh, Asian man who was Australian, but uh, I'm not going to guess what his background was, but he's from an Asian background. Of course, many... immigrants from that part of the world go go to Australia like they do uh, come to here to the United States and there was a younger woman as well who was representing uh, the government side of it Uh, uh, at least at the time I was listening to it she did not speak but essentially what the judge said after listening to both sides was that Djokovic did everything that was asked of him as far as uh, filling out the proper paperwork, getting on the plane, going through the visa application, which, by the way, is an onerous process, uh, even uh, in normal times. I've, I've gone through the, the visa process through my connection with ESPN. In the days when I was playing, it, 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 there was a time period where it wasn't as onerous, and then something changed with, I guess, border control in Australia. And a couple of years ago, I remember with ESPN going down there, we had to we literally did like a seminar on how to go through the application process online and it was it was quite complex. This is just to get a normal sort of work visa to be able to work at the Australian Open. So obviously you, I'm just telling you that because I'm sure that this process uh, for the players trying to go to Australia and their support teams, um, particularly uh, thorough, I guess would be a word to use, uh, although obviously a lot of the players, you know, have their agents do that kind of thing for them. (coughs) Excuse me. And I'm sure that's what Djokovic did. In fact, when you read uh, the documents that he presented upon his appeal, that's basically exactly what he said. He said, listen, I I spoke to my agent. Uh, We worked through this process with Tennis Australia. Tennis Australia, of course, who runs the tournament – they sort of act as a, almost like a liaison, the go-between between the players uh, and the government. And the government, in this case, was the Victorian government, which is uh, the state where Melbourne uh, is located and where the tournament takes place. So the Melbourne Park and all the facilities at. Uh, Melbourne Park around the tennis, Rod Laver Arena, and so on, are essentially owned by the state. So, Tennis Australia rents it out. They have offices there. Uh, they're obviously there all year, but it's, a, a, it's sort of similar to the US Open, where the USTA, well, not totally, it, not completely the same, because that's actually owned, uh, the land is owned by the city of New York. I believe the land there at Melbourne Park is also owned, but it, it's much more of a partnership that exists between Tennis Australia and the state of Victoria because they promote Melbourne, the city. Uh, obviously, it's one of their biggest sporting events, certainly internationally, that they have all year, maybe the biggest. Um, so they've worked together over the years, which, by the way, in the, in, in, for the uh, popularity of the event has been incredibly successful. Uh, you know, The event has grown you know, since they moved it out of Koo Young, which is the old facility they used to play. It was like an old, uh, basically, tennis club similar to the West Side Tennis Club here in New York City where the U.S. Open used to be played. So when they made the move to Melbourne Park and, you know, they got government backing that helped them build a lot of their facilities, uh, their retractable roofs and so on. So anyway, so Djokovic goes through this process. As far as he knows, because he tested positive for COVID, as he uh, 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 proved in his appeal, he got a positive test on December 16th. Now we can get into... The other issue about, well, why didn't he um, isolate in Serbia for a couple of days, that, that's, that's an important question, but not wasn't relevant in my view towards this particular appeal and, and the way the judge was looking at the whole process. See, the judge essentially had a problem with how the Border Patrol, which is the federal government, uh, treated Djokovic when he got to the airport. He was held there. He was questioned for multiple hours. Then uh, the the federal government said, "You know, we have a problem with your visa." And they are allowed to say you can get a visa to get into the country, but but it's the border patrol, you know, to to that has the ultimate authority. So even though Djokovic had this this visa, this sort of welcome letter uh, from the Aust- from tennis Australia and then then the Victorian government, the federal Government believes that it is able to say, well, we, we don't we're not buying this basically for whatever reason. So it was sort of uh, not totally clear exactly what their reason was, because initially we heard, well, you can be um, unvaccinated and get into the country with a medical exemption if you're a non-citizen. But then it was, well, maybe, maybe that's not the case. Maybe you can't get in the country. It was, and this was going back and forth between Tennis Australia, the state government, and the federal government, apparently for a couple of months. And it appeared that both sides were sort of trying to pass the buck uh, the federal government said they wrote a couple of letters to Craig Tiley, who runs the Australian Open, who's done an amazing job over the years, but he's he's under the gun in a big way at the moment in Australia because it, it sounds like, and again, the details are continuing to emerge. So take everything I'm saying at the moment. I'm going off the top of my head with with a slight grain of salt. Um, it, it sounds like you sort of push this through for Novak because if you go by – uh, the letter of the, the, the law, well, not the law, but the letter of the, the papers that they sent out to the players, the players were supposed to apply for this medical exemption by December 10th, okay? And clearly, Djokovic, it was very clear from this appeals process, because these are legal documents now, that he uh, tested positive on December 16th. Okay, so what was he thinking between the... The beginning of December, excuse me, I'm getting a call here, so hold on one second, from CNN, of course. Okay, I apologize for that little hiccup. It was actually a call waiting, believe it or not. Uh, I didn't turn my phone off. I usually connect it to my Rodecaster uh, machine, which is how I do a lot of these podcasts, over the phone. So uh, I got a little beep there it Was actually CNN calling. I am uh, going to be going on Mr. Wolf Blitzer's show Uh, this evening. That's Monday night. So you may hear this before then, you may hear it after. Uh, Anyway, the story continues. So where was I with Djokovic? I think I was just describing sort of what was happening at the airport and why the judge ruled uh, in Djokovic's favor. The judge didn't come out. You know, it's been unclear from the documents that have been going back and forth. I think this is where I was related to what exactly the rules are. Is it, is it, can you get a medical exemption with a medical exemption? Can you get into Australia, If you're unvaccinated, I believe the answer is yes, or at least it is for, at least they made this exemption possible for tennis players and part of the tennis group that's coming in. But the federal government is sort of saying, well, we're leaving that to the state of Victorian tennis Australia, but then when it came to actually crunch time. When some players entered, and and very few, by the way, I believe there are 26 total requests for this medical exemption from not just players, but players and or support staff. So we haven't heard, I've not been able to find out exactly how many players. Uh, some players didn't even bother going through it, like the American tennis Sandgren, um, Pierre hughes Herbert um, from France. Also, I believe uh, is not vaccinated, and so they didn't even bother going for the this e- e- exemption because they have no medical issues. Now, turns out that nor does Djokovic have a medical issue because it was a you know there was some possibility, at least in my mind, that he was going for a medical exemption for for actually legitimate medical reason. Um, you know, he had this issue with asthma early in his career. He went gluten-free. Whether that was related to a medical condition or not, that was sort of up for debate. And, of course, Novak had never said clearly one way or the other whether or not he was vaccinated. We assumed he wasn't because he did go uh, out publicly early in the pandemic and say he he was anti the COVID vaccine. I don't know if he's anti-vaccine in general, but that he didn't feel that it should be mandated and it should be, uh, that it should be mandated for travel, so on and so forth. So, uh, all those of us in the tennis world assumed, you know, we were pretty much pretty sure that he was unvaccinated. Now, of course, we're hundred percent sure because he he said it uh, during his interview at the airport. So, this is what it came down to. I think the crux of the decision made by uh, the judge, when you take into account that. It was, it was fairly unclear from a governmental standpoint exactly what the rule was, if there is one. I don't think there is one. I think that's the point. Um, but Djokovic abided by all the documents and the application process that was put before him by Tennis Australia through the state of Victoria, which to some degree, had been signed off by the federal government. But again, that's that's murky at best. Uh, but as the judge said, and this was sort of an inkling of what was to come early on in the appeal process, the judge said, it, 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 what more did we want this this gentleman to do, referring to Chokovic? He did everything he was supposed to do. He filled out all the forms. He proved that he had a a positive COVID test. Some are questioning whether or not that's legit, but he has the uh, he had the paperwork to prove it uh, on December sixteenth. And then there's the issue of whether Joe Novak went out and about publicly in the next course of the next couple of days, knowing that he had tested positive, because he said in his he said his his paperwork said in the appeal that his lawyers put together that he tested positive that he took the test on the 16th, and he got the result back a few hours later, I believe on the evening of the 16th. Um, so then uh, the, a moral question for Djokovic, and he's going to have to answer this at some point, as I've said numerous times, is why did he go out um, the couple times that he did for these various events, a panel discussion in Serbia? I believe he was at a, an event uh, honoring some kids, that you know tennis players that re- won, received some awards. Oh, great that he's doing that, by the way. But if you tested positive for COVID, you're not supposed to do that. Is it the law in Serbia? I'm, I'm not an expert on the law in Serbia, nor am nor I an expert on the law in general, though I'm getting better at it considering what I've been uh, going through the last couple of days. So the judge basically said Novak was treated unfairly. After he'd been talking to the border agents, they, they'd taken him aside into a room by himself. His rest of his uh, team were able to leave. Uh, I don't know if they left right away, or how long they were they were held, but they were able to go to the, the the place that Novak had rented for his coach and his trainer and his fitness guy, et cetera. Um, Novak at one point, you know, they showed the transcript of his conversation with the border agent. He's like, "Listen, I, I I've given you everything that you've asked. I did everything I thought." He says, "I wouldn't have gotten on the plane if I didn't if I thought this was possible that this could." And of course, the question of how he just so happened to get COVID on the 16th, I guess. I guess he was not planning on coming to Australia. Then, I mean that that's the other issue that's uh, going to be questioned and already is being questioned, and, and Novak will sort of have to answer, which is, hmm, you. I guess you you were planning on not going, possible. Okay, but anyway, the judge said. Uh, well, the border agents said to uh, this conversation with Novak. He said, "Listen, and 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 good for him to say at least." Says, you know I, I may I please talk to my representation? May I please talk to my agent? May I please talk to tennis Australia? It's the middle of the night. It's four in the morning. Can we wait a couple hours? Can I rest for a minute? He've been questioned for numerous hours. He've been on the plane for you know twenty eight hours. He was exhausted, understandably. And that would seem to be a legitimate request, you know to say, can I you know I, I really thought, and I believe he really did. I mean, he's not going to get on the plane if he thinks that this is going to be an issue, obviously. Uh, and that's then the border uh, agent said, okay, you can have till thirty And then apparently, according to the documents uh, released, he came back like an hour later, woke Novak up. They put aside like a cot for him to sleep on, woke him up and said, no, you know, your application's been uh, canceled. You need to acknowledge that right now. So, um that's why I believe it was the, the the judge said that they didn't follow the appropriate process and that it was essentially unfair. And I agree with actually the decision. Now having spent a lot of time, you know, studying it, talking to various experts, so on and so forth, I believe that the judge in, in this particular case made the right decision. Now, of course, now we're going to get, and, and then there's the possibility, which still is out there, that the head of immigration in Australia could make I guess what's called a personal decision to still kick him out of the country. Now the Renata Vorakova, the Czech player uh, got in on the same exemption. She's uh, from the Czech Republic and she actually played a tournament in Australia. was already in Australia playing a tournament. And apparently from what I'm told, um, she was at the pool at one of the hotels in Melbourne uh, that they use for the players to stay at taking a swim, and four police officers came into the pool and told her she had to leave the country. She was being deported. Now, why didn't she, uh, why why was it, I guess they sent her to the hotel, quote-unquote hotel, the detention center, the detaining center for uh, refugees uh, that Novak was at, this hotel that was, uh, you know, turned into this kind of holding center, which has brought attention to the refugee issue. There's some other people that have been held there. Apparently there's a, an Iranian person who got to Australia at 15. He's now 24, and he has uh, never seen the light of day in Australia. He's been moved around to various locations. He's now at this particular location. So bringing some attention to that and to sort of the harsh, some of the harsh immigration laws and rules that Australia has is sort of an embarrassment for the government the prime minister of Australia got involved when Novak, of course, got on the plane because he thought he could score. I, this is my opinion, again, that he could score some political points uh, because 90-plus percent of the population in Australia has been vaccinated, number one, or at least in Melbourne, and the same percentage of people didn't want him coming to the country to play the tournament. So I think the prime minister sort of was looking at the tea and hmm, I could I could turn this into an issue when Novak arrives – in the country, uh, but maybe backfiring a little bit because uh, certainly the world paying attention doesn't look great for Australia. Uh, that is still out there as a possibility that this could happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. But I've been wrong countless times in this situation. But Vorikova left the country, the Czech tennis player. You know, she doesn't have the resources and or the wherewithal to say, wait, wait a second, uh, or the willingness as Novak did to say, I'll stay in this hotel. Um, for as long as it takes to get sort of my day in court, which he got and he won. So, of course, now you've got all the, the, the Novak fans, of which there are many, and I'm seeing them all in my timeline. And if I say anything negative about Novak, you know, they go crazy. Um, but you've got those people that, you know, Novak can do no wrong no matter what he does. Um, so what will, how will they respond to these, these issues about him getting COVID and then going out and about you know, maybe he's got a, re, a way to uh, explain that. Maybe they don't care. Of course, many people also uh, shouting, you know, get him out of the country. He's a disgrace. I don't want to ever, you know, I'm never going to watch tennis again. So you're getting again, at, you know, this polarized reaction, which is sort of what's happening in the world on, on multiple issues. Um, but this, this is just, in the end of the day, at this point, I hope that Djokovic can play in the tournament uh, at this point. I believe he's going to have to answer some really hard questions. It's going to be difficult uh, when he takes to court. There's going to be uh, an intense reaction. You know, Obviously, there'll be some Serbians there, but you would think that many of the people in attendance uh, will boo him. Nah, he's heard that before. Uh, but, man, I mean, to put himself through that, he could have left the country right away. He could have just said, you know, I'm out of here. I don't want to deal with this. Um, and people who argue his sides. You know, he's a man of principle, and you heard that from his family who's you know, held a press conference, and there may be some truth to that. Um, he's taken some, some some hard stands on different issues, including, you know, this players' union thing, when it would have been a lot easier for him to just sort of not deal with it and just continue to try to win majors, which he's been doing, but he's been doing it while dealing with other issues as well. So you gotta give him, you got to give him credit for that. He's put himself on the line a couple of times, so uh, he's a pretty strong dude. I mean, in addition to being, uh, you know, obviously the greatest player uh, of, you know, can I say it? I mean, I said it before. You know, he's the great, he's, he's the greatest player now of all time. When he, even if they all stick, stay, stay at twenty. Now, if Rafa ends up winning two or three more, we'll we'll change our tune on that. But if they all stop now, they've all got twenty, and Novak's got a better head-to-head against both Roger and Rafa. Plus, he's won, you know, more tournaments on. on Uh, it's spread out more evenly as tournament wins, not just in the majors, but in the, in the masters events as well. So, uh, but he's, as I said, he mentally incredibly tough. I mean, just a tough character, uh, which is part of his greatness. I mean, all these guys that are at this level are are tough, obviously, but to me, he's, he's another level. So uh, I just wanted to give everybody sort of where I'm at, where my head's at. We could go around and round in circles. I will continue to, to get guests on, to discuss this, more experts in the, in the legal field, and the political field as well. But I thought it was important, at least today, just to get uh, a few thoughts out there where I've got a little bit more time to just kind of go through it in my own head. So I appreciate you all listening, and we, of course, will stay on top of this. I've got some great mental health uh, interviews I've already had it put in the can that will be coming up uh, As we get into season three, but obviously this topic and this story is is monumental at this stage. And I should also mention that there's some great tennis, by the way, in Australia already. Nadal winning the title, uh, Barty winning the title and and having a great match with Coco Goff. Then she won the doubles as well. Malfis winning. Uh, So there's been some phenomenal tennis down under already, which of course is being overshadowed. Uh, by this, this saga and this story. So I hope that we can uh, start to focus a little bit more on that. Of course, I've been watching plenty of the matches, and uh, I'm sure many of you have as well. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.